Welcome to Day Zero Update for January 30th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Jan Red Victoria. And yeah, we've got a pretty good slate of news here for this week. Uh, we've got the uh, new lineups for uh, some of your subscription services. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a number of dates for things that are coming out here in the next month or two of sorts. Uh, yeah, one surprising game that is coming back in mm-hmm. some form. And uh, yeah, a number of uh, uh, other bits of news here, including a particularly bad week for Ubisoft. Oh, yes. In a number of ways. Uh, and then we'll talk a bit about uh, what's going on at Raven in the mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard universe that uh, is not great for Activision Blizzard, mm-hmm. but totally what you would expect out of them. So, yeah. And uh, after we're done talking about what we've been playing here, we're going to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, Dan Urban and I have both played that. Uh, but before we get to that, we'll talk about everything else we've been playing. I'll kick it off here. Been playing, or I played a bunch more Toem. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished that game, got all the rest of the achievements in that, or the trophies in that. Yep. Uh, got the platinum, so that is a pretty good time. It's nothing too complicated for uh, what that is, which I wasn't all that surprised by. The most tricky stuff is just where it's like, oh, you have to take, you know, a picture of, you know, specific characters in the game that when you do so kind of gives you more of a uh, like hand-drawn portrait of them versus an in-game screenshot kind of thing so it's just some special characters but yeah very nice little story about you know a sort of coming of age kind of trip that you're taking that kind of stuff that is uh just a fun time well we're checking out if you are uh into uh you know a sort of photography kind of focused indie game but it's a very fun little chill experience to it that's uh, a fun time mm-hmm. uh, the other thing i've been playing is rocket league they got their event going on mm. that is a fun time uh still working on it but it's over in about a week or so from here uh so Still got more time to get the last uh, few missions done for that. So, uh, other than that, it's been Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, Brandon, how about you? Well, uh, I've been continuing the use of my game of uh, my Game Pass on my Xbox uh, Series S, and I finished uh, the campaign for Halo Infinite, and also. Afterwards, went back and, you know, completely dominated the all the landing sites and various armories and everything. So I pretty much dominate that ring now. So I decided it was time to try and play some other stuff. So I went back to playing Hades again. I got as far as Sticks and actually got to the uh, final boss for that particular area. And, um, yeah, that, that, that was... You know, it's the. I will say for a game that you know the game most of the action is literally like only four areas. Um, the stronger you get in that game, the faster it goes by, so it doesn't come quite as tedious. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, it's just it's a damn good game. What can I say? Uh, and I also uh, played some of the other stuff I downloaded for it, including the original Dead Space, which is a game I have not played in, like, a good 15 years. I played it back when it originally came out in 2008, and... It shockingly holds up really well. Um, I mean, visually, it's clearly a game from the Xbox 360 era, but gameplay-wise and everything else, it's still really good. Um, and just kind of really pisses me off at how badly EA absolutely just shafted Dead Space 3. Um, I've also got Dead Space 2 on there, and I'll get around to it when I finish the first Dead Space. Um, but yeah, those... Uh, that ga- those games are great, and uh, considering that you know I had been mostly a Sony guy for most of this generation, um, I decided for this and pretty much all of last generation, uh, I had a. Uh, it had been a long time since I'd played any of the original, any of the Gears of War games. Uh, I played the original trilogy back when it came out, and quite enjoyed it, you know. Um, and uh, I realized, you know, both Gears of War 4 and 5 are available on Game Pass. And I was like, well, why the hell not? It's been a while. So I've also started up Gears of War last night. Um, you know, it's pretty good. Um, and yeah, if you have played a Gears game before, you kind of know what you're in for. Um, and yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. So, uh, Dan Rib, what about you? Yeah, um, I've been playing a couple games. Uh, one game we'll talk about in a bit, and the game that I do want to talk about, unfortunately, I cannot talk about yet. So uh, if we want to move on to uh, Pokemon, uh, should I go ahead and start, Chris? Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, so uh, obviously Pokemon Legends Arceus came out uh, on Friday, and I, I, I started uh, on Friday night. And just to give everyone a... Um, just to give everyone like a background on like how I am with Pokemon, like I've I've pretty much been a fan since uh, before it was a fad. Like if any of you subscribed to Nintendo Power in like '97 or '98, there were mm-hmm. comic books in there that were pretty much just the first six episodes of the anime. And um, you know I've been playing Blue version since fifth grade, and I've played and beaten every version of Pokemon since, uh, mm-hmm. except for like you know the Mystery Dungeon stuff. So anything anything mainline I've played and and completed. And um, I've talked about it in previous episodes, but um, what makes the remake of uh, uh, what was that Diamond and Pearl so significant is the fact that it uh, takes it took place in Sinnoh, which, in my opinion, is has some of the best lore in uh, all of Pokemon. Period, and uh, that's where Arceus takes place. So uh, th- this game's a little different. Um, obviously, if you, if you've seen trailers. Um, you know, you're you're seeing you're seeing everything in an open world, almost Zelda-like, and yeah. So in this game, you're not a you're not a Pokemon trainer. You actually like uh, all of a sudden wake up and are and are pretty much talking to God. And if you're mm-hmm. unfamiliar with the Pokemon world, Arceus is God. So we'll just, yep. let's just put that out there. Arceus is God, you know, creator of all things, and you basically fall from the sky and into what's called the Histoli region, which is uh, almost. Uh, you know, um, post-medieval version of, like, Pokemon, wherever they're at. It's almost feudal Japan-like with the way it's been um, been displayed. And, yeah, you come across the Pokemon professor here who loses his uh, Oshawott, Cyndaquil, and uh, Rowlet. And, yeah, you help him, you, you help him uh, grab them. And 
this is where you have your first uh, taste of the Pokemon controls. So, you know, um, everything is in third person. You have a movable camera, which is, like, pretty new in the Pokemon world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you just go ahead and throw Pokeballs at everything there, and you go you, you go ahead and catch them. So that, that that's where you go ahead and introduce to uh, the way things work. Um, you meet someone else in the village who uh, is part of the uh, team that you're on. And basically, you know, it, it kind of has that uh, typical JRPG trope of you're someone with amnesia and you don't really know how you got there. So you really just have to decide, like, <clears throat> how you get through things. And basically, the world just really sets itself up through its narrative. Um, and, yeah, I'm not that far yet. I'm about three hours in. But let me tell you, like, um, whenever I'm not playing the game, uh, I want to be playing the game. So, like, I'm, I'm I'm watching football right now, and I'm doing the podcast. And all I can really think about right now is Pokemon. Like, it's, it's that good and it's that different. And um, one thing that I'm really finding interesting is... Um, just the new catching mechanics. Like I said earlier, you have the ability to just go ahead and throw Pokeballs, but you also have the ability to just uh, um, have your Pokemon there. And it's funny because, you know, when you go ahead and call your Pokemon, um, you can go ahead and just uh, walk around the, the, the environment. And it, it, it doesn't really appear to have any impact onto what's happening. But um, I also just finished my first boss fight where uh, I had to, like, throw these items at it and then eventually weaken it to a point where I can have a Pokemon fight it. And, yeah, it was a... Pretty interesting way to go about things, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing more there. And like, what, what I'm really enjoying about the game so far is it t- it takes all of the things that you thought you knew about Pokemon and threw it out the window. Um, like, you're encouraged to like catch as many as possible. Um, you're encouraged to go ahead and leave um, part of your uh, your six Pokemon lineup at the at the uh, pasture in order to uh, br- bring out some more. Um, you're really like just encouraged to use different kinds of moves because that's actually how the progression loop goes. You have to like, you know, use certain use certain attacks a number of times, catch a Pokemon a number of times, defeat a Pokemon a number of times using a specific move, and things like that. And you know, all of this really takes away the uh, traditional conventions that we've known over the last you know 25 years, and just um, does it in a new way. Um, if I were to compare this game to anything, it would honestly be like Monster Hunter. Because there is a, a lot of uh, exploration there, and you are encouraged to go ahead and um, not only, you know, catch all the Pokemon there, but you're also encouraged to stay away because there are some Pokemon that can like kick your ass when they see you. And it's also a little bit, a little bit more mature in that regard because early on in the game they'll say, "Oh, don't go out there alone because you can die." Like I, I've never even like seen the word "die" or "death" in, in a Pokemon game before, and I thought that was pretty. So, you know, um, I have a whole lot more to say about the game, but let me go ahead and hear Chris's thoughts. Uh yeah, so for me I am more of a casual Pokemon fan. I this is the first Pokemon game I've bought at launch. Mm. Uh for that, so uh, it was kind of it was kind of a spur moment thing. I was not really anticipating, but I was like, you know what, this is gonna be the this one's actually doing some interesting stuff, so I'm just gonna, you know, buy it uh I think it was later on Friday. Uh, so I started up, you know, played about an hour last night, hour or so, maybe two hours, and played a bit more today, a few more hours, streamed uh, streamed a good bit there, uh, mm. kind of just going around the that first area of the of the first area you kind of go to, uh, kind of just looking around as I'm trying to, you know, figure out how this game works, because mm. uh, it's, you know. It's a big change for me that this isn't just a 
another, you know, straightforward JRPG where you're just, you know, collecting the new Pokemon you see, catching them, and just grinding constantly with new fights. Uh, any, you know, random person just hangs around, just picks a fight with you, or just when you're walking in, you know, uh, tall grass and that yeah. causes a random battle to start, that kind of thing. Uh, whereas here, you know, kind of like a uh, Monster Hunter World kind of game where they're very much like, oh, we're in a new area. We need to, uh, you know, uh, do some research first before we start just sending you out to kill stuff. Hmm. Uh, and here they're kind of just having you go around and just catch Pokemon. And uh, even just the ability to craft is a big deal because you don't have to keep running back into town to, you know, heal your Pokemon, to buy more Pokeballs or potions or health items or whatever you need. Uh, you can kind of just run back to your camp and uh, craft up new stuff. You can also buy stuff if you need to uh, from the guy, though I have not seen any real reason to buy anything yet, other than I think I went back to the town and bought some recipes from the one guy because he has some stuff there. But yeah, the that's all been pretty nice and kind of the 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 nuance of the mechanics. Like, oh, if you throw the Pokeball at the back of their head, uh, you yeah. get a higher chance of catching them versus from their front side kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, like your ability to... I think the, the left trigger thing where you, you kind of see the little outline of their... of the, you know, the lock-on thing then you can sort of confirm it uh, and you can push down to pull up your Pokedex to see like what sort of goals you have for that specific Pokemon. That's nice. I kind of wish you could lock on from a further distance because some of these Pokemon, you know, there's, they talk about how there's different types of Pokemon. There's like some like Bidoofs that don't really react to you when you're close to them. Uh, There's others that are very skittish and run away if they see you or see any sort of sight of you. And there are others that'll just start chasing you sort of thing. That is uh, a nice little change of pace where you kind of know, like, Oh, I can run around, but if I see, you know, these ones, I gotta, you know, be more careful. You'll find some tall grass to hide in when you're doing that. So very kind of like a modern open world, where you gotta do a little bit of stealth. Uh, uh, But you can also do that with the pokeballs for the Pokemon you've caught that are the, the main six that you have. So if you want to start a fight, you can just do that, uh, which I've been finding, uh, for me, a lot of Pokemon since my six are negative XP from, you know, uh, catching other Pokemon. Uh, you can, the one, you can throw Pokeballs at, you know, stuff to gather materials for crafting. Uh, you can do all sorts of stuff like that. That is, uh, and those ones will get XP from that, whichever one you're throwing. Uh, so if you need to level up a uh, Pokemon, that's there's some quick and easy ways to do that without necessarily just having to grind out fights. Uh, but yeah, I I am a two star a rank on the research pass. Uh, it's been pretty easy, kind of just do a bunch of stuff, and they only require you to do ten of the tiers of activities for each of the Pokemon. So if it's like catch one Pokemon, catch 
two, like four, eight, you know, kind of doubles up for the most part. Uh, if you do, you know, get four tiers of that, that's uh, four levels for that Pokemon. So it's pretty easy to get the 10 for a Pokemon and, you know, quote unquote, Mac, you know, complete its Pokedex. Even if you don't do things like, you know, see them using certain moves or evolve them or, you know, find the special variants that are, you know, bigger, smaller, whatever it is, that kind of stuff that uh, you can still keep doing them after you complete them and you'll get more ranking points out of it for that stuff. Uh, I do kind of wish you could like pin some of that stuff to the, to the HUD so you could have that stuff more easily accessible. Cause I think if you're in a fight, you cannot access it at all. So you have to pay attention before you start fights to do that stuff. Uh, and that's also kind of a place where I am very much, you know, being very stupid where I'm starting fights, not noticing that the, the Pokemon I'm using is, you know, has like half health kind of thing. So if the other Pokemon uh, that I'm fighting, you know, gets the first hit, I've had a couple times where they knock them out or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, then I've, now that I've, you know, been exploring the map a bit more, uh, finding the sort of giant Pokemon that are around the map. Uh, there are, I think, giant versions of the, what are the final evolution for that type? So there's like a, a giant, I think it's a Rapidash uh, horse, which is like a, a giant horse with like flames for its mane and all, tail and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which is kind of terrifying to find at night with its glowing eyes, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a bunch of them around, and then if you see uh, there are some trees or you know other sort of uh, crafting material points uh, that uh, are shaking, it means there's like a special Pokemon uh, or some sort of Pokemon that's potentially hiding in there that you can start a fight with, which I didn't know that was a thing until I threw... I found a giant Snorlax. I was like, I'm not fucking with this thing. But I saw a, a tumblestone deposit that was shaking. I was like, what is this? And I threw a Pokemon over there. It was like a level 25 Graveler that just fucking smoked the Pokemon that it was going to be fighting in one hit. I was like, oh shit, I have to leave. But yeah, luckily it's pretty convenient to uh, run back to your camp. You can sort of sleep and uh, heal up so you don't have to go find a Pokemon Center. Those don't exist here at this point. Uh, you don't have to. The other annoying thing is there are some of the side quests that you can get. Uh, a lot of times are weirdos that are like, I just want to see a, I just want to see a, a, a Shinx. I need to look at its ears. Uh, kind of thing where it's like, these people are fucking weirdos. <laughs> uh, you know, no kink shaming. Uh, but yeah. some of these people I don't know about like, you, but like the, the weird thing about the side quests is after I accept them, I have a hard time finding those people again. So I don't know if it's a UI thing, but are you having the same problem? Uh, if you go to the map, you can highlight them. Ah, okay. Uh, you can like pick them to follow it. I don't know if you've noticed, like anytime you pick them up, it has a, it says like press start to, you know, activate or whatever it is. Right. It I've never actually played. messed around with the map very much, so that's probably why. Yeah, yeah, they got all the mini, the, all the the quests on there. 
Yeah, main it's, it's, it's funny because like even for the mainline quests, like after you finish something big and then you have to go back to your base and it's like you know eight hundred and sixty meters away or whatever. Even though you do have the option to quick travel, I've actually like enjoyed just going back on foot, just like so and like you know catch or you know kill some more. Yeah, and that's what I usually do when I'm in like the town or the air, uh, whatever area you're going in. So I can just pull up the map and like, are there any side quests? People that have side quests hanging around here. I see their icon. I'm like, okay, I'll go check it out. Which I found one guy who's like, I've got a weasel, but I've heard there are bigger ones. Do you have any bigger ones? And they, you show him one. He's like, no, that's not big enough. It needs to be two foot eight. And I'm like, what? Uh, so then I go, I've been literally running back and forth, catching weasels, running back to the camp, asking the guy that lets you sort of move Pokemon around, like checking the ones I've been getting. I still haven't been able to get one that is two foot eight inches or bigger. Uh, I'm like, I wish I could just check this in the menus. Like show me all the ones I have of this type uh, in my box and let me see what, what size they are. Cause you have to go and pull up their, their info on a separate, a separate page that it pulls up that kind of thing. And it's like, this is really fucking annoying uh, for one. Cause I'm catching, I have like 20 weasels now and none of them are big enough for this guy. And yeah, it's just a, it's a, an annoying thing like UI wise. Cause there's a few that are deemed big in terms of the, the categories categorization, but it's not, you know, two foot eight or bigger. It's like that kind of weird stuff that I've been finding where it's like, just let me know, let me f- pull this up. Because even in the, the, the list of the side missions, it's saying like, oh, this might be done. I'm like, what? It's not done. I went and checked. I went right back and showed him when I was like two foot seven. And he's like, no, that's not big enough for me. I don't know why he needs to see one this big. But the ones I was showing him were, you know, supposed to be labeled as big. At least according to the Pokedex yeah. uh, mission, it tells you like, oh, there's... You know, catch, you know, so many of these that are, you know, big ones. So it's just kind of weird, some of that kind of stuff. That I would like to just have it tagged on, like, uh, tracked on the screen. So that when I do get one that is big enough, it just tells me. Instead of having to run back and forth. Uh, but yeah, I haven't done that main quest, because I met up with uh, May. Or my Because there's a weird bit of time where Ray, who's kind of your... Uh, he's kind of the guy that's helping you get situated with all of this stuff that's going on. And he's like, I got a quest with my, I got a quest with my, I'm going to give you the quest with my, cause I don't want to do this quest with my just keeps mentioning it over and over again in a weird way. And so I meet her and immediately realize that I'm going to be fighting with the Pokemon I've been holding, which is a uh, with half health. So he gets smoked right away. Uh, so I had to use like all my Pokemon, and she's like, "Oh, you're impressive. You know how really how to use those Pokemon." I'm like, no, I do not. You <laughs> clearly do not understand what I did here, which I used like five of my six Pokemon as I try to figure out do enough damage, even though they were all right around the same level. Uh, it's just some of those matchup types that are maybe not the greatest, but yeah, the I'm liking this a lot because it's a game that's not focused on you. Uh, just constantly fighting. 
and sort of being able to explore the areas. There's, uh, you know, you can run through some of the the shallow ponds and such they have around the the big river there. I went down there because I was like, oh, can I swim? And like you can for like two seconds, then you drown and reappear back on the land. It's like, yeah, I found that particularly hilarious. Like you know, it has a lot of um, uh, comparisons to things like 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 Zelda or Skyrim. But yeah, when you when you can barely even swim, or like you know, there's there's no climbing. Like you're able to like hike up certain hills, but after like three seconds, just slide back down. Like oh, I guess I'm not I'm not as free as I'd like. Yeah, I've been able to sort of climb, but you do like a weird crouch walk up it. That's just super slow. Uh. It's just kind of weird. It's like, okay, I can, like, everybody here in this town is stupid. Because when you get in, you catch the the three starter Pokemon for the professor who's let them loose. And everybody's like, oh, that's that's really impressive. I can only do one before I start getting, you know, the shit beat out of me by Pokemon. Uh, and then they sit there and are like, well, you're an outsider, so we can't trust you. So we're going to make you do this test where you have to catch three more Pokemon without getting knocked out. And they're all right in the front, right in the same path, going out of the the starting zone. Then they're like, oh, well, you, you're really impressive. It's like, yeah, I'm the only person here can apparently catch Pokemon more than one at a time, I guess. That's uh, kind of just hilarious to me. Uh, especially when you're you start as a no star recruit and then you kind of work your way up as you do more more stuff filling out your Pokedex. But yeah, the I look forward to getting more time into this because you know there's still Pokemon. I uh, still only seen a small amount of Pokemon, much less catching them at a point at the point where I'm at. Uh, but I kind of wish I would. Uh, just have some easier access to information related to some of these quests, uh, rather than having to run back to the camp to find out, you know, if I've completed stuff. But that's kind of the main issue I have at this point. So there's maybe some control control stuff that would be uh, something I would like a little bit better, because the like range on you being able to sort of lock onto a Pokemon is a little bit uh, shorter than I would like. You have to get real close up on some of these. Lock on makes it a little bit easier to throw your Pokeball or whatever. Yeah. I would maybe like a way to finding more luck simply just aiming the ball and throwing it a far distance rather than actually getting close and locking on. But yeah, the you know, the the reason why you want to lock on is because you want to be able to check your Pokedex for any more uh objectives you can do with that certain uh that certain variant. But yeah, um definitely um looking forward to uh playing it some more. Like it it, it sounds like we're both at around the same place. Like you you said you're a uh, you're a two-star guy, right? So Yeah, so I'm doing pretty decently. I need to go beat whatever the uh, the dude that is like a super-powered Pokemon that they're talking about, which I'm probably a little over-leveled because I've been just going around and exploring that whole area, looking for all the weird Pokemon that are around there, mm-hmm. like Ponitas and Drifloons and a Mime Jr. What else have I been finding? Gravelers and... Uh, all this kind of stuff that are around those areas and finding all the the big ones that will take a bit of time to get up to the level to beat those things. Mm. But yeah, they do a pretty good job of showing the areas you've been in because the map is kind of a little bit faded for the areas you haven't been to. And 
the ones you have been kind of get a bit more color to them that are uh, let you know, like I haven't seen shit on this first area that we, mm. where it's like, I've seen like four or five areas and it looks like I've seen maybe like 15% of the map. These are some big ass areas. Mm. So, so aside from like, um, not getting close enough to certain Pokemon, like as far as your controls are going, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you playing on, um, on handheld or are you playing on TV or? Uh, been mostly uh, TV, so I could stream and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's yeah, like a. I've been playing on primarily handheld, and like I've I have not seen like a lot of the uh, issues people have with with the graphics. But obviously, I'm early on, so. Yeah, I think the graphics are fine. I think it's just a. This is pushing their engine more than it can really handle, at times because the the open world is kind of. Uh, a little bit barren in terms of the stuff that's in the distance, but you can't really do anything with that stuff, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, the only real issue comes in when you're walking into areas and Pokemon, you know, spawn or, you know, show up way closer than you think. So I've had a couple times where I've, you know, aggroed weasels when they didn't exist uh, at one point, or when you come out of fights and it respawns, creatures nearby it's like oh i was fighting this weasel and now there's another one it's like two feet away from me somehow instead of giving me a little bit of space so i had to like book it out of there because i uh, do any more fights with them to go check and see how tall they were but yeah i like the i like the the more variety of things to do in this game compared to the past pokemon where it's just either trying to beat the game and beat the gyms and all that kind of stuff it was just kind of largely the same for the the vast majority of the the series existence. And now you got a game here where you're not really uh, trying to, you know, rush your way through all this stuff. Mm. You're going to take your time and enjoy the, the world itself and all that. That is uh nice for a Pokemon. Uh, do you have anything else to add brand or uh, Dan Rip? No, yes. uh, I pretty, pretty much agree with everything that he said so far. All right. So yeah, I think we'll, uh, table that for uh, hopefully next week or so. Uh, yep. See how things go as we get further into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, we'll get to continue on into the news as uh, we are almost into February somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow January is already almost over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have new months for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. We'll talk about what they've been, what they are going to be adding here. In the next few days, uh, for PlayStation Plus, they have three new games here coming this month. Yep. Uh, let's see. The first one here is EA Sports UFC 4, mm-hmm. uh, the most recent of those games. Mm. Uh, kind of surprising to have the featured games for uh, this and last month being uh, EA games mm-hmm. with this and Dirt, Dirt 5, uh, as there was a good good stretch there where EA games were not appearing on PlayStation Plus at all. Mm. So that is a, a little bit of a surprise there. But if you like uh, the UFC stuff, you can check that out here on Tuesday. Mm. Let's see. Also appearing for the PS4 version Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. Yep. It's a standalone DLC from Borderlands 2 that is very good. Um Basically inspired the upcoming Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which comes out, I think, uh, in March. Yeah. 
I believe that's the case uh, for that. So, yeah, it's just the PS4 version. They're not giving out the PS5 version mm-hmm. as well. So you'll have to uh, just stick with that. The, that should be perfectly fine for that game. Yep. During its uh, PS3, Xbox 360 thing mm-hmm. for that. So you can uh, uh, check that out. And trying to look up. Yeah, March 25th. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is hitting on all the things, so mm-hmm. there you go. You can kind of jump into that without having to play, you know, a bunch of Borderlands 2 first. Yep. And the third game is Planet Coaster Console Edition for the PS5. Mm. Uh, so you'll be able to check that out. It seems to be the PS5 version only, no PS4 version. Uh, so you can. Uh, you know, play a game that is highly inspired by uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is the PS5 edition, so faster load times, look a little bit better. Uh, has a bunch of stuff in there uh, for making some cool roller coasters and, you know, theme parks kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so that'll be uh, fun to see. And yeah, you've still got another day or so to... And last month's games, if you have not grabbed those mm-hmm. uh, for that. So there you go. Pretty decent month. Mm. Uh, for games with gold, yeah, we have the usual four games here. Uh, last January's. What, yeah, what happened to the new one? That's weird. I'm going to double check this. This is not the launch, the, the games I was looking for. There it is. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, starting on February 1st, uh, you have, let's see, Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse. Mm-hmm. A, you know, it's kind of a, a long-running, you know, adventure series. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is the, the newest one. I uh, don't really know too much about it, but... Uh, I've heard good things about the series. I don't know if this new one is any good, but you know you can check that out here on February 1st on the 16th. There is the indie game Aerial Knights uh, Never Yield. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a game that I think got announced last year. Uh, a yeah, sort of 3D platformer uh, kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much focused on sort of speed runs that kind of stuff. Uh, so that looks pretty cool. I think I bought that on PS5 a few months ago, so mm. I don't really need that version. But uh, let's see, for the, the older stuff, on February 1st, there's Hydrophobia, mm-hmm. which, uh, if you know your XBLA history, that is an infamous game uh, because when it launched, it was a terrible game. Yeah. Uh, lots of bugs and... Uh, just poorly made uh, gameplay, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a team called Dark Energy Digital. Yep. And, you know, very much the, uh, at least one of the, I think the director of the game very much was uh, mad at reviews for saying they didn't like the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of stuff, kind of acting like they didn't actually play the game. Yeah. They reviewed it poorly, that kind of stuff. And then, a few months later, they released an update that, you know, tried to address a lot of the issues that people brought up. 
like somehow realizing like, oh, maybe they weren't actually, you know, assholes trying mm-hmm. to ruin their launch kind of thing. But unfortunately, I don't think that really fixed anything. Nope. Like, like made it that much of a better game mm-hmm. to be worth people's times. So and then eventually they put out another version of the game on PSN and Steam mm-hmm. uh, that had further work done to it as well as some extra content. Uh, I think I had that PS3 version and yeah, I was like, it's an all right game mm-hmm. for what it was, but nothing really to write home about. Uh, the whole yeah. thing is that you're on this, this like cruise ship that has, you know, tons of entertainment stuff on it mm-hmm. uh, that gets overtaken by terrorists and the boats sinking to some degree where there's a lot of water and hydrophobia. And so like, mm-hmm. they touted their, uh, their, you know, fluid tech in this game, that kind of stuff. And yeah, this just wasn't a game that really turned out as well as people mm. hoped. Not really. So now you can see what that game, uh, how that game is, you know, 12 years later. Mm-hmm. See if it holds up at all. I'm going to guess probably not. Nope. But yeah, that'll be available on the 1st and on the 16th, Band of Bugs. Uh, that is a uh, another sort of old XBLA game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess this one, this one was published by Microsoft, developed by Ninja Bee. Mm-hmm. That is a studio name I have not thought about in a long time. Uh, they made a lot of those Keflings games, World of Keflings, that kind of stuff. This is one of their games, I think, that came out around that time. Play as, an, as your avatar, as in a sort of a turn-based uh, RPG kind of game. Mm-hmm. I have characters moving around, doing attacks, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but with some bugs stuff in there, I guess the primary... Uh, enemies you're facing, bugs, spiders, and uh, even maybe uh, people on your friends list in one of the modes. So that one probably is going to be the better of those games, those older games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to check that out on February 16th. So yeah, that's the the lineup for this month, an all right month. Mm. I'd probably check out Hydrophobia to see what that looks like in 2022. Yeah. I'd be surprised that that was even uh, backwards compatible. Mm. figure the devs maybe like want to move on mm-hmm. but yeah let's uh, get to the rest of the news here mm-hmm. uh, first one is uh, Joe Danger Infinity the mobile version of Joe Danger it has relaunched on iOS mm-hmm. uh, thanks to some extra work done by Hello Games because at a certain point I think iOS or Apple sort of upgraded the OS for you know the iPhones and such uh, and mm-hmm. iPads that made a lot of the old games, you know, just uh, incompatible, so you couldn't mm. play them anymore. Joe Dangerous was one of them, and they decided to uh, do that extra work to upgrade it for the new phones and tablets and that, uh, primarily because of a fan letter that they received that uh, convinced them that they should do that extra work uh, from mm. a parent of a kid. Mm. I'm going to read a little bit of this letter. Uh, let's see. I'm writing this letter on behalf of my son, Jack. Jack is eight years old, is about the sweetest kid on the planet, has been diagnosed with autism. He's probably no children with autism, deal with a great many struggles. Chief among them are great difficulty with social interactions. Our, one of the things that has enabled Jack and I to bond is our shared love of video games, especially Joe Danger. 
Jack loves Joe. He loves everything about him. He even has a collection of toy motorcycles that are his Joe Dangers. Every motor- motorcycle we see on the street is Joe Danger. One of the first things I hear every day when I walk in the door after a long day at work is, come on, Daddy, let's go play Joe Danger. Just being able to say that sentence is a massive deal for a child with autism. Joe Danger's allowed Jack to interact and have fun with friends and family alike. And there's more there if you want to read it. Uh, yeah. It's a nice letter, and they... Uh, realize it's something they should do help mm-hmm. out and uh, help out you know anybody that's uh, owned the game before or uh, wants to check it out on iOS so mm. you can uh, so that's some good news for that game mm-hmm. uh, let's see okay on February 1st that is Tuesday Yacht Club's games uh, Yacht Club Games Presents is going to be happening their uh, sort of digital presentation uh, show they're going to be uh, showing that on Twitch. Mm-hmm. So it'll be on G4 TV's Twitch channel, mm-hmm. uh, where they say they will see a 60 minute broadcast feature a boatload of new updates, including never before seen gameplay sneak peeks and downloadable content for a selection of games, as well as what they call a hair raisingly exciting mega announcement. Uh, Yakum Games also uh, refers to it as groundbreaking. So uh, seems like something to check out and see how that goes. Yeah, it sounds like uh, maybe they're getting ready to put out their next major game after uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah. Um, Shovel Knight and I don't mean like something. Cyber Shadow, which, you know, they just published, but like a game actually made in-house. I mean, obviously, even then, Cyber Shadow was great. But Oh, yeah. Like, aside from, you know... Uh, Shovel Knight, what exactly would be considered a mega title? I would probably say another Shovel Knight because then... Yeah, I... maybe Shovel Knight 2. <laughs> yeah, I think they've said that they would like to make something like a Shovel Knight 64. Mm-hmm. A 3D Shovel Knight. That would be different. I would definitely be, be, be in for Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they've already got other side Shovel Knight games. The Pocket Dungeon just came out and... Uh, Shovel Knight Dig is the next one I think that is coming. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine we'll get a date for that at some point. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I assume they got DLC probably for maybe uh, Cyber Shadow or uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. I don't know, but mm. yeah, this will be an interesting show. See what uh, what else they've got. Maybe what else they're publishing. Mm-hmm. I imagine they're probably saving some of that for here. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that'll be on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, so Tuesday afternoon. Yep. We'll see. Yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the next Atari uh, remake is coming, Breakout Recharged, uh, coming to all the PlayStations, Xboxes, Switch, and PC, as well as the Atari VCS on mm-hmm. February 10th. Uh, 9.99, and yeah, brings that kind of classic breakout action to you know 16.9 display mm-hmm. uh, kind of design, and uh, kind of the interesting thing I hadn't really thought about is the the art they have for this game uh, features like a a classic kind of prison dude with like the black and white striped mm-hmm. outfits and the 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 ball on the chain around his ankle. I'm like, yep. 
is that what this is supposed to be? You're like breaking down the walls to escape? I never thought I'm honestly not sure. That seems like some classic kind of Atari. Like I, I always thought like the whole idea behind Breakout was that it was supposed to be like a single player version of Pong. Yeah, but you know how the the box art for those games on the Atari's, you know, twenty six hundred, oftentimes rarely had anything to actually do with what was in actually on the cartridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This features like that kind of old style prison dude with like a big mallet. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Is that what? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah they're going to have classic breakout gameplay updated with refined control and modern visual flourishes, you know, power-ups. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more like an Arkanoid, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, for those that don't know, there are two kind of styles of this kind of game. There's Breakout and there's Arkanoid. Breakout has no power-ups. Arkanoid mm-hmm. does. Kind of weird to make the breakouts uh, an Arkanoid, but sure, Atari can do whatever they want. Uh, but yeah, they have challenges and leaderboards and local co-op and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. That mm-hmm. is uh, neat to see. Coming out pretty soon. So yep. there you go. Also coming out pretty soon in uh, February is the Steam Deck. Valve Steam yep. Deck. Uh, They're going to start selling like officially letting people purchase them not just pre-order them on february 25th uh for those in the early uh tier of pre-orders mm-hmm. so you can sort of finalize your purchase and have it shipped mm-hmm. then uh probably by uh, early march you'll get them unless you pay for i assume you could pay for the higher shipping which might actually be worth it if you're paying for like a 600 dollar uh, mm-hmm. handheld device but yep. there you go. You have, it says, yeah, they'll send out the emails to the early reservation holders on February 25th. You have 72 hours to respond and confirm. Mm. Yeah, they're saying they'll be able to get stuff delivered to you by February 28th. If, mm-hmm. you, want. if you don't do that within the three day period, mm-hmm. uh, they'll move down the line. So, yeah. So, yeah, you can, uh, Finally, be able to confirm your order for that here in uh, later in February. Yep. Uh, anybody here going to be checking that out? Uh, well, I don't really have the cash for it right now, but I mean, they definitely something that I would be looking into because I'll be honest, my uh, computer is kind of shit for PC gaming, so yeah. you know, having having a handheld that can basically handle most of the major games that are on Steam without really losing too much graphical fidelity. Uh, yeah, definitely something I'd be interested in. Yeah, I'm actually one of the people that did pre-order this. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, patiently waiting. You know, we haven't, what's uh, February 25 when the emails go out? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think alongside this, they also announced they are uh, going to be upgrading their cloud safe stuff so that it'll be able to more easily transfer those between platforms. Uh, so if you say you want to swap between you know your Steam Deck and your PC, that should be a smoother process than what it seems like it would be able to do now. Uh, so hopefully that kind of stuff works. Hmm. Uh, that'll probably get tested pretty well there in late February, early March. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that'll be happening uh, at the end of this month. Uh, 
February. Uh, but then let's get to March. We got some more stuff there. Uh, the yeah. game Aztec Forgotten Gods is going to be launching March 10th on yeah PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. That is sort of the, the Mesoamerican themed uh, sort of action game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, technically advanced uh, Teno uh, Tenochtitlan. I don't mm-hmm. know how to pronounce that, but it's an Aztec city. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, instead of lying in ruin as it does in real life, Aztec's version of the Aztec city mm-hmm. never came into contact with Europeans, allowing it to flourish. Uh, we had an ancient divine threat looms ready to strike on the, the people there. Mm-hmm. And so you have your sort of cybernetically enhanced warriors that are uh, fighting to protect yeah. their city. So there you go. It has a nice style to it and all that. So that's uh, mm-hmm. a neat looking game. Looking forward to see how that one turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. yeah, let's, let's get to the next one. A PCS PC game, Crusader Kings 3, is coming mm-hmm. to the PS5 and the Xbox Series S, S and X consoles. Yeah, as a next gen sort of exclusive on March 29th. So you can play a series that is very much uh, not, uh, at least outwardly, like something that would you know work on a console. But it seems like they put a lot of work into this uh, to make it work, which is it's kind of a a sort of strategy game, but you know moving through generations of lineage of these different characters that are running these countries and all that kind of stuff. And you can uh, sort of manage that stuff in uh, some pretty fun and interesting ways and have it, you know, play out like some really weird ways, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dealing with, you know, marriages, you know, how uh, different kingdoms fight against each other and all that. And I don't think you actually see too much of that stuff. I think you generally character portrait, you know, discussion and sort of seeing the overmap of the uh the continent mm-hmm. and how that stuff kind of plays out. But yeah, they're making use of they say haptic and adaptive triggers on the dual sense and mm-hmm. the the fast load times and all that for Xbox and all that. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that'll be March 29th, so near the end of March. Mm. Uh, add another game onto the pile of this first quarter. Yep. But yeah, happening after that is Two Point Campus, May 17th. Finally going to be mm-hmm. coming out the follow-up to, uh, what is it, Two Point Hospital, I believe. Mm-hmm. That was uh, you know, based around kind of uh, building up a hospital and all that. This time you're building up a college campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar kind of art style to it, but yeah, this, uh, everything, all the PlayStations, mm-hmm. Xboxes, Switch, and PC, uh, and also be on Game Pass for console and PC. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out there, and that'll be fun to see. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of games coming out there. Oh yeah, in the next few months. And yeah, the there's one more here. Doesn't have a date, just sometime summer. Uh, mm-hmm. This studio, uh, Tate Multimedia, is bringing back K.O. the Kangaroo. Oh, yeah, that's an old cast property. <laughs> yeah, it was a platformer, like action platformer on the Dreamcast that 
Uh, I think largely got like okay reviews. Mm-hmm. The first one was uh, kind of like a cra- kind of a Crash Bandicoot clone. The second one was a bit more like Raymond too. It was uh, yeah, they, they were janky, but they were fun. Yeah, they're all right. Um, mm-hmm. Now they're coming back with a new entry that's just being called Ko the Kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the trailer and the screenshots for this look a lot better. Oh better. yeah, it looks pretty nice if it you know runs well. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it looks like they you said like uh, we should do a game like Crash Bandicoot again because mm. uh, that's very much what it looks like. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've never played Ko the Kangaroo, but I don't know. I guess it has its fans. Mm. I guess if you could call them that. Uh, I don't think there was very many people that early into this thing, other than if you were just a a hardcore Dreamcast fan. It was a, it was more. They were more of a cult uh, hit than anything. I don't know what to call it a cult hit. Is a cult uh, okay selling? You know, but yeah, it's uh, this one at least looks pretty neat, and mm-hmm. you know, we can always use more three platformers. So. I'd be curious to see how this one turns out in the end. Mm. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Just summer release, so no real uh, firm dates yet. But mm-hmm. let's see. Another game that does not have a firm release date because it's been delayed. Uh, Iron Galaxy's Rumbleverse. The yeah. sort of wrestling-themed Battle Royale game they were working on mm-hmm. that was supposed to be launching here, I think, February 8th and as like a early access kind of thing. And then uh, available to everybody February 15th uh, there, but uh, have decided that they need some more time to work on it. Do not have a new mm-hmm. date on it, but yeah, if you've pre-ordered the early access pack, uh, they will be getting refunds. Uh, and the, the nice thing is they are doing another uh, tech test on February 12th that PC players can participate in. You just go onto the uh, the Epic Game Store, find the Rumbleverse page, and like they said, all you have to do is just wish list the game, mm-hmm. and you will uh, get an invite into it when it's ready to go on yeah, February 12th is when they'll be doing that, so that's I guess the the weekend after next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can sort of still check it out uh, before launch and do that, so looking forward to seeing that when that's uh, ready to go. Also, probably not a great time to launch a free-to-play game in the middle of this massacre of games coming in February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, even if it's free-to-play, you know, heading the the same week as Sifu and uh, Ollie Ollie World, uh, shortly before you know, Horizon uh, Forbidden West and Elden uh, Dying Light 2 and all this, it's like, I push it. Game can always use more work. Uh, so there you go. That'll take a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up here, we've got uh, three more Star Wars games coming out of EA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seem like they'll be the last ones as part of the uh, exclusivity deal with Disney. Mm-hmm. That's uh, really enough all coming out of Respawn Entertainment. Mm. Uh, we know the next Jedi Fallen Order game is coming through them with uh, yeah the game director game director Stig Asmussen is mm-hmm. working on that next one. Yep. 
Uh, they'll have two new teams as well, working on other Star Wars stuff that I think they are using this as partly of a part of a you know uh, hiring push mm-hmm. uh, to you know get more work on that. Uh, the second game is a first-person shooter mm. uh, with Peter Hirschman, game director at Respawn, who has worked on I think the the last Medal of Honor game. I think that's the VR one. Uh, so they'll be doing that. I don't believe it is supposed to be a Battlefront game. It's supposed to be something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. And the third, ta- th- yeah, the third title is a Star Wars strategy game developed through a production collaboration with the newly formed studio Bit Reactor, helmed by games industry vet Greg Forsh, who is an art director in the XCOM games. So mm-hmm. probably something in that kind of vein. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of the the slate there, and it's a pretty interesting slate to uh, end this sort of batch of games with, mm-hmm. uh, especially the the sort of XCOM-y style game. Oh yeah, that could be pretty cool when you get uh, a good uh, group of characters together with that kind of thing. Definitely, um, and especially good writing too, because um, there's definitely a but you know the Star Wars universe definitely has a bunch of uh. Great stuff to work with. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the fact that it's you know under respawn is pretty telling. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I mean, let's be completely honest. You know, respawn not only shaved EA's ass financially, they also redeemed their Star Wars license with Jedi Fallen Order. So. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 very telling, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, they're kind of the only studio that's kind of free mm-hmm. at the moment, because DICE is still knee-deep in trying to figure out what they're going to do with Battlefield, uh, especially yeah. with uh, Vince Ampella going over to run Battlefield yep. uh, from Respawn. So, yeah, Respawn was kind of the the main place to headquarter this stuff for the time being. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, definitely going to be hiring. So uh, those, at least those last two games are probably a bit further off than uh, you might expect. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully that uh, second Jedi game does pretty well. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. Our next story here, Blizzard announced a new game, mm-hmm. a new survival game. Yeah, that, at least according to their uh, tweet here, is labeled as unannounced survival game, mm-hmm. which is weird to announce an unannounced game. Yeah, but uh, they say it's set in an all new universe. Yep, and say it's going to which be in game. Blizzard talk is significant because they don't really create new IPs often. Yeah. They... Yeah, I mean, they, you know, that's why kind of Overwatch was such a big deal when it came out, because it was the first new IP that Blizzard had put out in like a decade, so. And even that didn't go well, because it was supposed to be a completely different kind of game. Yeah, it was supposed to be an MMO, originally. Yeah. So this one seems like they are jumping on the survival game bandwagon. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for this new thing, they say it's for PCs and consoles. No specifics. But yeah, it seems like a... I guess just making 
one of those kinds of games. They're using this mm-hmm. as like a a advertisement for bringing in more talent, as they very much are like we're building a survival game in an all new all new universe. Join us mm-hmm. in writing our next chapter. But they link to you know a news story where you can see all the different positions they're hiring for this game. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what that looks like. It seems like it'll still be a ways off. And would make for if this ends up being, you know, Microsoft exclusive, uh, being another weird one of those games being added to their lineup with Sea of Thieves and yeah, uh, whatever the other one is that I think Obsidian was making Grounded. Mm-hmm. There's that, and I would be surprised if they have one more that I'm blanking on, something like that. You know, trying to make a big budget one of those. Mm-hmm. Those are games you can work on for a while and not have to, uh, you know, be one and done with. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah, that's going to be the next Blizzard game. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird way to announce it, especially hot off of the acquisition from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, but yeah, let's let's see our last of the normal stories. Sega is selling off the last of its arcade business. Yeah. Center business at least. Yeah. As they had sold the like 85% of their uh, arcade center business to a company called Genda. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've sold the remaining 49, 14.9% of its shares to that same company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be taking over all those locations and you know, switching their store names to Gigo, G-I-G-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be it for Sega with physical arcade centers in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, just been a big business for them. End of an era. Years. End of an era. Yeah. But yeah, COVID has taken a big toll on that business that was already not doing super well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just sad to see, especially when you, uh, you know, if you were to like Google image arcades, you'll probably see Japanese arcades there. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are huge tourist traps, and now it's just... Uh, they're in wastelands of people trying to get into the arcade, but they can't. Yep. Yeah, they say they're still going to be making arcade games mm-hmm. for the time being, uh, just not owning the establishments that they're going into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of saving a, a good bit of money there on not having you know physical space yep. to pay for as well. So, yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be it for Sega. They, mm-hmm. They're just going to be focusing purely on making games. Mm-hmm. At this point, so there is that. Uh, but let's get to the last two uh, sort of stories here. Uh, first one is Ubisoft's bad week. Oh yes, they've had a terrible, horrible, no good, bad week. <laughs> yeah, this first one here is not so much of a bad story. It's more of them admitting that the the last update they put out for Watch Dogs Legion mm. uh, that was. Last is actually the last one. They're not doing mm-hmm. anything else. Uh, they are switching the uh, sort of community contents, the seasonal stuff, to a, a new seasonal cycle. So here you can look forward to reward tracks in the online mode, containing both new mm-hmm. and returning rewards. The current Season 4 Rebels track, containing 80 ranks, will run until January 22nd of 2022, followed by Season 5 Stripes. 
Mm -hmm. After that, seasons three through five will continue to cycle and return to the game, giving you the opportunity to acquire new acquire rewards you might have missed out in the past. Some rewards to look forward to is a modified version of Aiden Pierce's jacket. Mm -hmm. Not iconic at all. And Jackson's mask and clothing set. Mm. So they're still going to have like the, the seasonal stuff kind of just cycle through every few months. But other than that, they're not really you know, doing any major content updates for the game for the for the foreseeable future. Mm. As, uh, they are done with that game. Mm -hmm. Just over uh, uh, what, just over a year after its launch. Yep. Yeah, <sighs> which is very fast for Ubisoft. Like mm -hmm. they're still doing uh content for the the racing game. I forget the I forget what it's called. Mm. Uh but yeah, they're the racing game that kind of launched without multiplayer and all that still is getting content because there's still a bunch of people playing and engaging with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is kind of just fallen to the point of you can Anytime it's on sale, this game you can get for like 15 bucks or less Yeah, uh, at any point. So if you want to check it out, it's very cheap. And luckily you don't have to worry about, you know, any missing any major content being added to mm. it. So that is uh, a bit of a surprising move, but not really that surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one, they are shutting down their Battle Royale Hyperscape. Yep. If you don't remember a game called Hyperscape, there's a reason. Yeah. It's had sort of a hot launch, and then mm. basically everybody's like, oh, this is okay, and then moved on back to Fortnite or PUBG or Warzone or mm -hmm. uh, Apex Legends, any of these other ones. And it's just been a bad time for them with uh, Battle Royales. Uh, they're going to be shutting this down as of April 28th. And yeah, this is a game that I launched once, got to the weird lobby area to learn like how the game worked, mm -hmm. and didn't launch into a game, and quit out and never came back to it. Played it for like 20 minutes, but not actually playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just been a problem with the game. It's like, didn't really have much retention on it. Mm-hmm. And games are not going to survive that long in this kind of genre without any sort of, you know, community that sticks to it. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of the three battle royales they've tried to get launched that have not uh, gone anywhere. There's this one that actually got launched. They had the Ghost Recon one that I don't think they've spoken of since they announced it. Mm -hmm. the that community wanted no such thing mm. out of a Ghost Recon game if it wasn't going to be something new. And uh, then they had that one, X Defiant, which was like, oh, it's going to be featuring, you know, uh, stuff from all the Tom Clancy games. Mm -hmm. and maybe Ubisoft properties as a whole. A little bit more, maybe uh, Battle Royale, maybe some Valorant in there or something like that. Uh, that's... I don't know if it's even still in development that just doesn't mm -hmm. that might still be in sort of a point of figuring out what the hell they're going to do with that mm -hmm. and it seems like they were taking signups for a early access like beta thing that was going to happen in august of last year that as far as i know they haven't said anything since then and i'm looking at their 
uh, X Defiant page that says sign up for the mm-hmm. uh, closed test on August 5th, 2021. They haven't updated yep. since then. So there you go. Yep. Last update in October. Mm. That was about their time to kill. Yep. They haven't updated it in three months since then. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that the, the game's probably not happening. Oh, there you go. That's probably the end of their Battle Royale attempts for the time being. Mm-hmm. And the last one here, Ubisoft continuing their NFT, uh, trying to force NFTs on people as the as Ubisoft executive, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Puyard, P-L-U-A-R-D, mm-hmm. Vice President Ubisoft Strategic Innovations Lab. And Didier Genevois, Ubisoft's blockchain technical director, let's see, like an interview of sorts, sort of talking about this stuff. And very much did not take kindly to some pushback being asked about people not being receptive to this stuff. Yeah. And Puyard uh, answered here saying, I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. For now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet and second, just a tool for speculation. Mm-hmm. What we at Ubisoft are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them or they're finished playing the game itself. Mm-hmm. So it's really for them. It's really beneficial, but they don't get it for now. Also, this is part of a paradigm shift in gaming. Moving from one economic system to another is not easy to handle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of habits you need to go against, and a lot of your ingrained mindset you have to shift. It takes time. We know that. As they say here on Kotaku, we absolutely get it, Nicholas. We want nothing to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, the it's like the, the whole thing of like, oh, you can resell your items once you're done using them or once you're done with the game. And it's like, what are these worth? Especially when their first ones are just literally skins for a gun that has a slightly different number that's hard to see on the skin itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same for the other outfit stuff. It's like, these aren't useful in any way. And we've seen that people aren't really reselling them in any sort of significant way. The numbers just aren't very high for the way these people are transferring this stuff. And they've even seen that there's kind of just like a couple of people are just trying to acquire as many of them as they can. Mm-hmm. Just corner the market for something that's worthless in the first place to most people. Mm. So, yeah, it's kind of just a, it's very much a funny thing to read. It's like, these people are offended that we are not super into their stupid pitch. Yeah. That just makes it more hilarious because these people are getting paid a lot by Ubisoft to make this all work. And more than enough people are, you know, refuse to uh, accept it. Mm -hmm. That kind of makes their job seem like maybe worthless. And like they're going to get canned at some point when this stuff doesn't Mm -hmm. turn into the way that they are telling us it will definitely happen. Which is like, no, it's definitely not guaranteed. Mm-mm. You gotta make it worthwhile, and there's nothing about this that feels like it's uh, useful to people. Mm-hmm. In any way that's different than what 
we've been doing, especially Ubisoft's been doing for the past several years. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah, go pound it, Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And uh, Diddy, yeah. they don't have any quotes from Diddy or here. Uh, it's just like, get off of your fucking high horse and actually figure out how to make this appealing to people. Because mm-hmm. that's your entire mm. job. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, there's the the dumb Ubisoft news of the week. Yeah. That's always fun when execs are uh, frustrated with reasonable mm-hmm. people not buying their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to the the Activision Blizzard news of the week, which centers around Raven's uh, union, uh, their vote for your becoming a union for the yeah. QA. That, uh, yeah, happened. Uh, then mm-hmm. we saw two things that happen in quick succession that arouse a lot of suspicion around this. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one was the studio head at Raven announcing uh, a bit of reorganization so that uh, each of the QA people would be embedded with different teams across the studio, mm-hmm. which in itself is not a bad thing. It's a thing that's fairly common throughout the industry uh, for these people that are, you know, there to make sure that those, you know, teams can get, you know, feedback quickly uh, so that's you know, everything can uh, hopefully come together and be you know, good as quickly as possible and mm-hmm. squash the bugs and all that stuff as fast as possible. The thing is, this comes right as they announce their, you know, voting to become a union. And uh, we get the further news here that, uh, so after you vote to become a union, then you have to get your parent company to, you know, recognize that as a union. Yeah. Which almost never happens. So I talked, yeah. And I talked about last time we talked about that. What was probably going to happen is Blizzard was going to say, no, we don't recognize this union. And then there's going to be this sort of theater where they're going to have to like have a uh, official union vote. And then they're going to have to go to the negotiations and they're going to, it's, it's all this. And I was right. Turns out (laughs) that's exactly what happened. Yep. Uh, Activision basically said here uh, in a statement around the same time saying we've carefully reviewed and considered the CWA initial request last week and tried to find a mutually acceptable solution with the CWA that would have led to an expedited election process. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the parties cannot reach an agreement, which I think that means you cannot reach an agreement with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that they have to uh, get a vote with the National Labor Review Board. Yep. And call on that vote, uh, Activision called on that vote to include everyone at the studio, mm-hmm. even though everyone at the studio is not forming a union. It's the QA yeah. team. So that uh, seems like a way to muddy the waters so that they, you know, potentially don't uh, unionize. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see uh, the rest of their statement. We expect the union will be moving forward with the filing of a petition to the NLRB for an election. If filed, the company will respond formally to that petition promptly. Most important thing to the company is that each eligible employee has the opportunity to have their voice heard, their individual mm-hmm. vote counted. And we think all employees at Raven should have a say in this decision, which is like mm. all employees at Raven did not uh, push for a union because most of them were already full-time employees. It's the ones that were not 
that were voting for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they got uh, let's see, tweet here from the Game Workers Alliance saying once again, when management is given a choice, they always seem to take the low road. However, we are mm-hmm. proud to file with the NLRB as we enjoy supermajority support for our union and know that together we will gain the formal legal recognition we have earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by requiring all employees at Raven to have a say, they're arguing that the entire studio should unionize or nobody does. Mm. And it's like, it's not the entire studio that has the, the issue that is pushing for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they can... Let's see. Yeah, spokesperson for the CWA says we would hope that in case in this case it would take place quickly, but companies can choose to delay the process to file objections, concerns along the way, and to drag things out. And when they do that, it's generally to give themselves more time to wage an anti-union campaign. It makes a lot of sense, and it makes sense that that's mm-hmm. what they'll be doing, especially when they, you know, involve uh, the entire studio, mm-hmm. especially involving that message that we read earlier about the organizational changes coming from the studio boss who as the the head of the studio would be exempt mm-hmm. from any sort of unionization because he has management mm-hmm. so he would essentially be the company man pushing yep. that stuff and it all seems very convenient mm-hmm. while the the changes are being made are very much not not controversial in terms of the way that you know Things should work at many studios. The motivation for that seems to very much align with ways that Activision Blizzard like to squash this union, especially mm-hmm. in the process of being sold to Microsoft. Yep. So yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's that. Activision Blizzard being Activision Blizzard. Yep. Reminding you not to trust much of what they have to say on these matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is it for this week. Yep. Uh, but yeah, one month down, 11 more to go. Yep. February's here, just about. Uh, we got a bunch of games coming out. I think next week we might be talking about a lot of those games that'll be coming out for the next few months and seeing what the the roadmap looks like if you are trying to somehow survive this onslaught of games. Mm-hmm. Trying to play what you can, I guess. Uh, so yeah, yeah the, that'll be next week. Uh, we'll be back with a new slate of news. Thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. Always. And uh, yeah, if you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family and select strangers know that you enjoy the show, and they should check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love to have more cool people listening to the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back with you next week. Mm -hmm. Hope you have a good week coming up and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.